Hi and welcome to today's episode of Hope, Help, Happiness. Now today what I want to do is talk through something that I found on YouTube which I thought was really powerful and is something that I watched and got a lot of hope from it and also a little bit of help. It's a montage of interviews conducted by Tom Bilyeu who is the driving force behind the Impact Theory channel. Uh, he has a couple of channels, one called Impact Theory, one called, uh, I think it's Health Theory, or is it Health Impact? Something like that. But it's generally, if you, if you Google Impact Theory, you'll find him. He put together a billion dollar business, uh, a nutritional business, I think he sold that. And now his mission is to share ideas, the best ideas about high performance from the world's highest performers and share that with people like you and I through his channel. The channel is outstanding. There are some amazing interviews in there. Tom is an incredible interviewer who asks some really insightful and well thought out questions. The research that he does is phenomenal. And I have been using the videos as a way of keeping me positive and upbeat and also as a way of finding out information that's been of tremendous value to me. In fact, it was on his channel I first came across uh, James Altucher, who wrote Choose Yourself, which I've referenced extensively in my progress from being on the verge of uh, taking my own life, struggling with depression, to coming out from that into a much more positive place. So this channel is highly recommended. Now, what he did uh, a year ago was put a compilation of segments of interviews with some of these people who had been open and honest about their struggle with mental health. In fact, the video is called Seven Wildly Successful People Who Struggle With Mental Health. Now, I'll put a link to that video in the show notes, and I encourage you to go and watch it yourself, and I hope you do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick summary of the key points that have come out for me that I have found really useful as just another way of spreading that information out into the world. Now, some of the people who are interviewed have celebrity status in as much as they are successful people in their own right. There are people who you might even recognise. The point about the interviews, it's not about their celebrity status, it's about them as human beings. It's about them as people struggling with issues around mental health and how they dealt with it, how they overcame it. So look past any celebrity frontage and what you'll see is you'll see there's some people being genuine, honest, open and vulnerable about the challenges that they've had to overcome in order to get to where they are. The thing I like about Tom Billy, he genuinely wants to help people. His recommendations, if you're struggling, is to seek help. He says it's not a sign of weakness. In fact, it's one of the strongest things that you can do. He doesn't want people to suffer in silence. He wants to encourage them to get treatment. And what these collection of extracts from his interviews show are some things that can help you and will help you if you, if you apply them. 
But there is this strong message that it's not a problem struggling with this. It's just the way some of us are hardwired. It's the way some of us are, uh, some of the challenges that we face. But there's a way out of that. So let me just quickly go through each of those interviews. Now, the first interview was a guy called uh, Brendan Burchard, who is one of the world's leading high-performance coaches. His track record in helping people develop themselves through his performance academy and all sorts of things is second to none. He's an amazing guy. Now, I was really surprised when I discovered that he had been struggling with depression. So Tom asked him the question, what does the rebuilding process after depression look for someone uh, who's wrapped up in depression and has suicidal thoughts? Now, Brendan's story is that he had a breakup uh, that sent him into depression and he ended up starting to plan taking his own life. This was before he got into doing the work he's doing now. And so his answer was that first and foremost, you need to get help. If you're at the point where you are thinking about taking your own life, then you have to get some form of external intervention because in the mental state that you're in, it's not a good place to make decisions. I can relate to that perfectly because where I was um, just a few months ago, I could not have um, made any good decisions about where I was going. I sought help and that was the thing that got me out of the mental state I was in and got me onto the journey to where I am now. I couldn't have done it had I not at least gone to seek help. Now, as you've seen if you've followed the episodes, is that the help hasn't really been forthcoming. However, by seeking help, I have been able to take control and responsibility for my own mental well-being. So anyway, coming back to Brendan, uh, he says uh, that it's not about hyping up, oh yeah, you'll feel better. It's not about that. It's about understanding that there are going to be emotional reasons that need to be explored as to why you're in that state. But alongside that, he says, your progress out of it is about building momentum. It's about just getting started. Because if you get momentum, you've got hope, you've got motivation, you've got a reason for living for tomorrow. And he says, quite simply, just ask yourself, what are three things that I can do today? Now, even though he's a high performance coach and a motivational coach, he's not saying, yeah, set your big goals and work out what you can do today. He's saying it could just be as simple as taking a shower. It could just be simple as making your bed. And he says the key thing is to win the morning because then it sets everything else up. He, an important point he makes is this. He said it's, it's not about denying these feelings are there. It's about honouring them. It's about recognising that it's okay to have these feelings. And with the daily practice of doing just a small thing, you'll start to win a little bit and it will build. And when I watched this, I had tears in my eyes because that's exactly the process that I went through. I got it from a different source, but I just started by getting out of bed and just doing one stretch. And then that started to build and the momentum was built where now my morning routine is an hour and a half of stretching and meditation and exercise. And I've, I've built up to that, but I've got momentum to do that. And a key thing he says right at the very end, which again, I think I didn't like hearing, but it's true. He says he doesn't want a friction-free life because we grow out of the adversities that we face. So, 
I watched this and I thought this is the reason why I've got to watch the whole of the video and, and, and I then watched the rest of it. So then we come on to a guy called Noah Galloway who is a veteran who um, is a motivational speaker and an author and I believe appeared on Dancing with the Stars which is mentioned in this interview. Um, he has written a book about dealing with the mental uh, or about his life which covers dealing with mental illness and depression. And the message that came out of this segment of the interview is that people need to talk more about mental health. And one of the things that he thinks is important is that even though as a veteran he lost an arm and a leg uh, in service for his country, but he says, okay, he struggled with depression because of that, but it doesn't need to be that that causes you to feel those things. So all sorts of things can send you into that uh, state. So it's not about any huge trauma. Um, small things can do it as well. The point is, is that those, that state exists however you got into it. And the more you can talk about it, the better things are. And he says you can be cured. You can get over it. And he says he's living proof of that. And his quote, which comes at about 10 minutes and 18 seconds into the video, is the more we talk about it, the easier it is for people to be honest with themselves and get the help they need. Now, if you've followed any of the episodes, you'll know that I'm doing this anonymously at the moment. I'm not declaring who I am. I still struggle with the stigma of declaring it, but I realize that's a problem for me, but I, I've bypassed that a little bit by asking for help. I'm still not going public about, um, I'm still not going public about the struggles I'm feeling with those people who know me because it's an issue for me. But I think his point about society talking more about it will create more of an open sense of community around the issue so more people are more likely to do it. Now, I, my own issue is I, I'm, still, I'm being a bit hypocritical here. I don't mean to be hypocritical. I, it's an issue I know I've got to, I've got to deal with. Um, so I, I agree with him saying, yes, we need to talk more about it. I've got my own issue about whether I talk about it or not, but I think generally people do need to talk about it. I know that's being hypocritical, um, but that's just my challenge. So anyway, the next interview was with a guy called Brian Johnson, who was an, uh, an entrepreneur, and he was struggling with depression. Um, he was in a marriage that wasn't working for him, and he was part of a religion that had a belief system that he found difficult. And... He had challenges with work, challenges with his spouse, challenges with looking after his kids, and got to the point where he felt he was broke because of them. And he basically lay in bed and wanted to die. I know exactly what that feels like. I know exactly what that feels like. And what he did is that he, towards the end of his um, struggling with this, he climbed Kiliman Kilimanjaro. And the last four hours of the climb were really difficult because he was taken quite badly ill. But what he found is that in order to push through and get to the top of the mountain is the mountain became his problem. And that was the shift. Um, and he realized that the mountain was, a, was representative of his depression, of his de belief system, of his marriage. And he climbed it, got to the top and broke down. And, and he broke through by doing that and decided to reinvent himself. 
and he sold his company, uh, he got divorced, and he left his religion, and now he's doing things that he loves. But what he's done is, he, is he, he's reinvented himself to get there. So it is possible, wherever you're at now, to take and become a new you in order to deal with the, uh, with the challenges that you've got. I'm doing that at the moment. I'm reinventing myself because I've realized I can't continue living the way I was living before. I have to do something different if, or if I want to get different results. It makes sense when you think about it. So uh, then we had an interview with a guy called Jason Silver. Now this was um, uh, an interesting um, interview. It's quite a short segment. And it was more about Tom talking about the impact of uh, depression on his family, which was part of his motivation to set up his business that was a nutritional company. And he wanted to, uh, he, his sister, who he loved very much, had a negative body image. And so by creating the, uh, a nutritional company, he developed uh, supplements and food stuff that she could eat. So she started to feel better about herself, making simple choices about that, which then built a confidence. And so it built up. So that was, he just explained that cycle, which I think was the reason why that segment was in there, more about him rather than the person he was interviewing. But what he was talking about is that the, he says there's two things, the pandemic of the body and the pandemic of the mind are the two biggest challenges facing society. Uh, the body is obvious because you can see people who are overweight, you can see people who are struggling with all sorts of physical ailments. But the pandemic of the mind is invisible. And this is when this guy, Jason Silver, who's a filmmaker, um, piped up and says, one of the key things about addressing issues of challenges to your mental well-being is the it's very easy to try and resist them but in resisting them you actually feed them and give them power so it's about accepting them as they are which is one of the principles of mindfulness and just observing and just that alone can um, can puncture the build-up of the balloon of the impact on you then uh, the next interview was with a lady called Mel Robbins who is a performance speaker an author and um, public celebrity. Uh, and this was the, probably the longest chunk, I think, because in this section is the most practical advice that I think comes out of this stuff. And Mel has been suffering with anxiety for her entire life. And she says, all anxiety is, is a habit of worrying that spiraled out, out of control, which I thought was a really interesting way of looking at it. I've never heard it described that way. And she says, what happens with the habit when it gets out of control is that you start to get patterns of behavior that become physical. And so it manifests itself from the mind into the body. Now she struggled with it extensively for most of her life. In fact, she said she was medicated for two decades. That's 20 years on medication. But she says you can cure yourself. And the reason she knows you can cure yourself because that's what she has done having struggled with it for so long. Now she has this thing called a five second rule, which is where, and which is where you count yourself, count down from five to one, five, four, three, two, one. When you're at the point where you need to interrupt a potential behavior that is not conducive. So she said she used it to improve the way she spoke to her husband, improve the way she spoke to a kid. So anytime she felt herself about to launch into a behavior that wasn't positive, she would use five, four, three, two, one and then replace the thought she had before with one that's more constructive. 
which is a simple technique. She explains how that works. And the reason it works is that the, she talks about the habit of worrying. Now, habits tend to be hardwired patterns that are in a part of the brain called the basal ganglia. It's where your habit loops are there. And what the basal ganglia does is that where we do something over and over and over and over again, the brain says, well, that's something we obviously want to do over and again. So we'll shift that to a part of the brain that is easier to access and is quicker. And that's what the basal ganglia is. Um, the trouble is, is that we set, often set up behaviors and habits that aren't good for us, but they become automatic because they get hardwired. So she says, when you use the 54321, what happens is you shift from the habit loops into the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of the brain at the front that makes us human, separates us from primates. And the shift in the energy to there takes the energy away from the habit. So you've interrupted the pattern. And she, she says you can use this to stop worrying and to stop listening to self-doubt. So how do you do that? Well, she says it's the counting that works. It's the counting that interrupts that pattern. Positive thinking itself doesn't work. And she says the reason for that is because if you're in a channel, a mental channel that's got lots of negative thoughts, you can't just slip in a new thought. You've got to turn the channel off then turn on a new channel in order to allow that to work. And the process of counting back from five, four, three, two, one, basically switch the channel off, then opens it up again, and then you can put the uh, new thought in. Now, that's the, that's, the, that's the strategy. So what you do is that you become aware when you uh, are worrying. You say five, four, three, two, one, and you replace it with a different thought. Now, here's um, something that she talked about with uh, referencing research, not that she's done, but that she's, she calls upon to help explain what she's doing. Apparently, agitation, she talked about agitation, that how the body, body feels agitation, and that the brain doesn't know the difference between when you're afraid and when you're excited, because physiologically in your brain, in your body, sorry, in your body, they're exactly the same. It's the only, the only the context the mind gives those sensations that has us define them as being afraid or being excited. And there was a Harvard study that was done, some research that says that whenever you are in a situation where you are feeling anxious, so for example, if you were going to give a speech and you're getting quite fearful of that, if you tell yourself, I'm excited by this, you're giving your brain a new context for the same physiology um, and that will really, really help. And this is something that she uses because she speaks all the time. And so when you combine the 54321 with telling yourself that you're excited, um, it's a way of coping with anxiety. She also added another technique, which was all about, she called it interrogative questioning. So if you say, right, I'm excited, you might say to yourself, well, why am I excited? And then you come up with a reason for it and you add justification to this fact that you're now convincing yourself you're excited. It's best if you go and watch the video to get the full detail. I, I think that's a, 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 I think I've summarized it reasonably well, but it's good to go and watch it. So that I thought was really powerful. The next bit was by Daryl DMC McDaniel. So one of the founding uh, rappers from Run DMC. And the thing that came across in this short segment was the power of rehab. Now, um, 
Daryl started drinking when he discovered that he was adopted and it became a problem for him. And it was only until his wife challenged him that he realised he would have to do something about it. Went into rehab. Rehab gave him the clarity about what he was doing and why he was doing it. And it allowed him to, to deal with that. And he says, all you need to do to move forward is to feel good. And he says, when you feel good, everything comes to you. And rehab allowed him to start finding ways of him feeling good that didn't involve alcohol. And finally, the last person interviewed was a guy called Tucker Max, who was a, an author. And this segment was about showing you how there are therapies that can help you. And he was in therapy for an extensive period of time. Um, he went into therapy, therapy because he refused to accept that he was scared or lonely or sad because of issues around his parents and around himself. He didn't go into what caused him, but he said that he needs to go into therapy. So he went into therapy, he picked psychoanalysis. And one of the things he said is that the emotions that you have don't go away, they're always there. And if someone tries to tell you that you can get rid of them, you can't. He says that they're lying or trying to sell you something. So the key thing about understanding yourself through a talking therapy is you learn to recognize those feelings when they're there, accept those feelings, i.e. you're letting it have its voice, and then not let those feelings control you. And he told this lovely story about how he has a, a young son, three years old, and I think his son must have knocked a cup over or something, and automatically, I think, uh, Tucker snapped at him. And clearly this upset the kid. And because he'd been through therapy, Tucker could see, he realized straight away what he did. He understood exactly what he did and realized he had to deal with it. And essentially he apologized to his son, said, look, sorry about this, and gave him a hug and, and made, it, made the son feel better. And he says, fundamentally, it's about taking ownership of yourself and ownership of your emotions. And that therapy helps you seek out and feel the painful emotions that you are using behavior to avoid or that might be adversely affecting your life. And that's why he recommends it. So I've shared those thoughts there. I've just summarized them. You'd be better to go and watch the video, but at least hopefully there's something there you can take from it. What I'll do in the show notes is I will put a quick summary of the timestamp of each of the individuals. But if you just go and watch the video yourself, you'll be able to see those. So that's today's episode and uh, until tomorrow.